We're working through the book of Proverbs. Wisdom from heaven for life on earth. And tonight the topic is the path of the fool and how to know if you're on it. The path of the fool and how to know if you're on it. Uh, If in the last two studies... We've been studying the nature of wisdom, the example of wisdom, the pursuit of wisdom. Then tonight's study topic kind of delineates the opposite of the pursuit of wisdom. Uh, We're blessed to have one of the wisest men who ever lived, according to Spirit-inspired text. We have one of the wisest men who ever lived, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, warning us against uh, the habits of the fool. The, The Bible warns against the habits of a fool like our society warns against climate change. It's just a huge issue in the Bible. And as you work your way through tonight... You're going to see um, the whole subject of the fool, what a fool is like. And it's, it's one of those don't let this happen to you texts. Mark the traits and the path of the fool carefully if you want to please God and if you want to have a good life. Because it's, it's not just here's the wise person and here is a foolish person. It's rather a, a, a scale where... Degrees of foolishness can exist in our hearts. Um, Everyone can show some wisdom. But none of us is totally safe from traits of foolishness in our hearts at different times. We might not consider ourselves to be fools, and we wouldn't be in a biblical sense. But there's much for us to uh, study and apply to our own lives. Because you might not see these traits stamped deeply on your own heart... But you might see seasons where, if you're not very careful, these traits bubble up to the surface once in a while. Point number one, the primary mark of the fool in Proverbs is gullibility. Peti, P-E-T-I, is the Hebrew word most commonly used for fool. Simple is another form of the word. The verb form of the word, to fool someone, believe it or not, we already studied it last week, Sunday night, when we looked at the text, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. And that word entice is the verb form of the word petit, fool. So the the fool is a person who's easily enticed. The fool is the person who can easily be pulled off what he was normally going to do simply because a group of people had influence enough just to lure him away from what he knew to be the best thing to do. Easily swayed, enticed. He's pulled off his course easily, morally, spiritually. That's really an important point in establishing the foundation for the character of the fool in the book of Proverbs. He isn't stupid. It's not that his IQ is low. He's weak. He's swayable. He doesn't know how to pick the right company. And when he doesn't, he can't say no. He's shaped 
by pressure more than he's shaped by conviction. Shaped by pressure more than shaped by conviction. This is the fool's ruin. And so this, this trait of moral gullibility, it's not some fringe characteristic of the fool. It's, it's one of the chief defining traits of the way the fool lives. It's repeated over and over about the fool in the book of Proverbs. Let me just give you a couple examples. Proverbs 14, 15. The simple, that's the same word, fool. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. Proverbs 22.3, the prudent sees, sees danger and hides himself. But the simple, the fool, go on and suffer for it. So, so here's the fool. He's, he's influenced by a host of other opinions more than he's shaped by his own convictions. And he never looks far enough down the road to see where this is going to go. He sees each decision only in isolation, never as a path. And that's why the writer of Proverbs typically talks about the path of the fool. He's, he's taking his life in a certain direction, but he's not seeing that. So the primary mark of the fool in Proverbs is gullibility. Two. Not only is the fool gullible... See, that wouldn't be so bad. For That problem could re- be resolved with just patience, knowledge, some good input into his life. He's not just gullible. He's in deeper trouble still because he's stubborn and uncorrectable in his ways. This might be the saddest trait of all when you're thinking about the fool. His problem could be corrected if only he had the heart to listen to sound advice. But right at the beginning of the book, we are shown that that's not the case with the fool. Proverbs 1.7, first chapter, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We talked about that. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. They hate it. They hate wisdom. They hate instruction. Most of us know the first part of that wonderful verse, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or the beginning of wisdom. But, but the last part is equally important because the fear of the Lord doesn't just fall down from heaven like the morning dew. It's certainly described as a wonderful thing, the fear of the Lord, the beginning of knowledge. How does the fear of the Lord come? Well, we learn about the Lord. We learn about his ways through the blunt correction of his revealed word, inspired text, the acquired experience and wisdom of people who have lived longer than we or been through the kind of experiences we're going through and they could share and they could help. But the fool will have none of this. He doesn't love advice. He doesn't love correction. He shuns it. He hates it. And because of this, the fool will never acquire the fear of the Lord that he so desperately needs. This, too, is just repeated over and over again in the book of Proverbs. 
Proverbs 10.8. The wise of heart will receive commandments. But a babbling fool will come to ruin. Now, again, the heart of the wise, it's, it's quiet enough receptive enough, humble enough to, to listen. Listen to God. Listen to conscience, the Holy Spirit. Listen to godly advice, godly friends. The fool, very significantly, is described as a babbling person, but a babbling fool, 10.8, will come to ruin. The, just the threat of solid truth, something that's going to confront his life, it puts him on the run. He's, he's already arguing so we won't have to listen and be confronted. What the fool says makes no sense. It's just babble. But it's enough to filter the entrance of wisdom. It's enough to crowd out sound, godly input. You've seen people the example maybe when there's news and they don't want to hear it. When, when your wife comes and says that, you know, the living room is tired and it all has to be repainted. And you just go, ah, blah, blah, da, 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 da. Babble. That's, that's, that's the fool when godly wisdom is being offered. There's always something more interesting. There's always something to say. Just, it doesn't matter that you're just filling the noise with air at least it keeps me from listening. The wise of heart, 10.8, will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. 12.15, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. This, here's the ruin of the fool. He simply can't imagine that he's wrong. He'll just, he'll just pratter, argue, babble, whatever distraction. He can't imagine he's wrong, so why, why would he have to listen to anyone else? So you see the link now. Stop and think about this. The link between foolishness and pride, arrogance, the inability to say, I need help. Share with me on this. What should I do? How can I please God? Foolishness is always linked to that kind of pride. Proverbs 15.5 A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Now, this is the same subject of foolishness, but now it's bound up in a family setting. Uh, the fool who can't even listen to his own father will never be able to listen to anyone else. Teachers, legal authorities, God himself. Parents, if you're here with young children, teach them, make your word count. However you choose to do it, make your word count. Enforce your word. Make children listen because the way they learn to listen to you is the way they're going to grow up and listen to God. And it's the way they're going to listen to teachers. And it's the way they're going to listen to the laws of the land. There is so much at stake. So much at stake. Point number three. 
So gullibility, stubborn and uncorrectable. Three, the fool doesn't know how to make an appropriate response to the truth he so desperately needs. It's related to the other points. He, he doesn't know what's important and what isn't important. He doesn't know how to embrace the way of life even when it's laid out before him. Proverbs 29, 9. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, you would think, okay, so this is the fool's problem, right? He needs wisdom. So, if a wise person could just come and meet with the fool, the fool's problem would be solved. But there's a difficulty here. Proverbs 29.9, If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs. There is no quiet. Remember the other verse, the babbling fool? <laughs> Notice that. There is no quiet. Having nothing hopeful or helpful to say doesn't stop the fool from arguing with wisdom. It's a sad picture. Here is a fool who could be helped by a wiser person. The wise person is there. The wise person is speaking to him. And you'll see these two very carefully, the writer talks about, in that one verse, the two most common responses of a fool to wise counsel. Did you see it? In the last half of the verse, the fool only, two things, rages and laughs. Rages and laughs. Either, here's, here's the fool, he has wisdom now, being, being pushed in his face. It makes him mad. It makes him mad, or he will mock, make a joke, make fun. Now, the fool wasn't born with that moral defect. It's not that his intelligence is lower than others. This self-destructive habit was a learned response. His life was shaped earlier on by other fools who displayed the same kind of reaction to truth. And this person, remember the first point about gullibility? He has simply picked up the pattern of that kind of response by mimicking other fools. 14.8, the simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Notice that word, the fool. He inherits foolishness. Now, Solomon is not not ignorant. He, he knows foolishness isn't passed on through some defective genetic gene. It, it grows and is passed on through bad examples, lazy habits of listening when confronted by the guiding hand of truth. Here's one of the best ways to test your own heart. None of us is as wise as he thinks. Watch the pattern of your responses to wise words when they confront the present direction of your life in something you cherish. If it's something you're done with anyway, that's easy to forsake. Watch your reaction to the correction of God's word or the advice of godly friends when they talk to you about something that you 
you presently still enjoy holding on to in your life. And if you're frequently inclined either to anger or ridicule, brushing, just brushing off, do you, do you ever do that when God speaks to you in a church service? Do you ever, I mean, of course we wouldn't like to admit something like that. You don't, forget, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be, um, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't mean to be gross or tactless, but just, just kind of brush God aside. By, by knowing that he's speaking to you about some point in your life, and rather than saying no to God because you, you've been brought up better than that, you simply don't let your mind rest there very long because it's painful. Everybody know what I'm talking about? And, and to either just that inward pride that says, I don't have to listen right now, or, or that inward argument, the babbling, you know, I'm, gee, Pastor Don, I'm sure no worse than everybody else sitting with me in the sanctuary tonight. And the reason I'm talking about those things is because I'm like you, and I find those responses arise very easily in my own heart when God speaks to me about something, and I don't think it's that serious. Maybe you're better than that. Every once in a while, God will talk to me about something and confront it in my life as a sin. And I don't think it is because I'm, I'm, at, I'm at least as good as you people. <laughs> okay, that was a joke. <laughs> Anger, ridicule. When, whenever you see those things, that's why I said at the beginning... That the traits of a fool aren't just reserved to someone who, who runs around in a dunce cap. That the traits of a fool can manifest themselves in hearts that, that go to church week after week. Hearts that have known Jesus for a long time. And there can be that elements of that, that kind of character that isn't easily just banned from the kingdom of our minds. It, it, it stains us once in a while. The fool laughs at wise counsel, and immediately the Holy Spirit pulls our minds back to Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, mockers. Yeah, Pastor Don, am I really going to, God really going to send me to hell just because, you know, I'm, I live with my boyfriend and we're not married? Mocking. Four. Even though he may have the intelligence, the fool won't take the time to concentrate on wisdom. There are two verses in Proverbs chapter 17 that give a vivid picture of this. Taking the time to concentrate on wisdom. We live in an age where... We live in an age where... Uh, I can go a long time dealing with issues with people, texting, without ever engaging in more than three sentences. And in fact, I don't even like writing out the whole words anymore. Are you like that? You are, you are, having a good day, you know. Uh, everything, everything is reduced so that 
there's a minimum of effort and concentration and depth required. Taking the time to concentrate on wisdom. Proverbs 17, 24. The discerning sets his face toward wisdom, but the eyes of a fool, the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. That's a very precise picture. The fool's attention is always somewhere else. When there's wisdom to be had, the fool's attention is somewhere else. He has more time for trivialness, triteness, like-minded friends, fashion, the hottest movie, the latest video. He has time for that, he, he, but he doesn't have time to concentrate and focus on the deepest needs, the direction of his life. The fool is too distracted to feed his soul with what's important. I don't, I don't belabor this, but I am constantly amazed at people, it doesn't happen very often, but people who will come up and say, you know, Pastor Don, like that service was an hour and a half. You, you spoke for 45 minutes today. And, and it's, like, it's like they're being taxed. And the same people have no problem sitting through a two-hour movie. There's, there's, there's something about wisdom that, that calls us to think about things larger than the rest of the world gives blocks of time considering. The fool in Proverbs is too easily distracted to feed his soul on what's important. Proverbs 17, 16, why should a fool have money in his hand to buy wisdom when he has no sense? That's, that's interesting. Again, the fool would have wisdom if he could buy it over the counter in an instant. Buy wisdom. If wisdom could come like a new pair of pants, the fool would be wise. But you can't get wisdom like that. That's, that's the issue. That's, that's the problem. Proverbs 2, 3, and 5. Yes, if you call out for insight, raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver, search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. You can't order wisdom online and have Amazon bring it to your door. It's, it's something that will take a great deal of effort and a great deal of time. And the fool, his eyes are in the end of the earth. What's happening? What's going on? How are the Kardashians doing, you know? Five. A fool keeps returning to his own mistakes. If you remember, we saw in our study of wisdom that one word of reproof to a wise man accomplishes more than a hundred blows, the text said, on the neck of a fool. That's, that's the fool's problem. He constantly makes his life painful 
and he makes his life difficult when he doesn't have to. Because he doesn't listen to wisdom, he keeps making the same mistake over and over again. And the writer of Proverbs, I'm sorry, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit gives us this really graphic, almost gross kind of a picture to paint the way the fool keeps making the same blunders over and over again because he doesn't accept wisdom. Not many people will have this on their fridge as a life verse. Proverbs 26, 11, Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. It's really one of those nasty kind of verses. I mean, there's no good reason for the fool to return to his folly. And perhaps no verse in the whole Bible shows more grossly the nature of foolishness. Foolishness that repeats itself over and over again. Where, where life, I'm, I'm sorry, life just gets regurgitated. Nothing fresh ever happens. Servers, you can get ready for communion. This is the last point. We'll be done in about five minutes. You can go ahead and get the emblems. In his final form, the fool is equated with the scoffer or the mocker in the book of Proverbs. This is the surest sign of a heart going totally bad. This is where the attitude is most clearly visible. The fool develops a strong dislike for correction. He will actually make sport of those who try to help him out of the dead-end nature of his or her life. Proverbs 9, 7 and 8, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. Have you ever had that experience? Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and whoever reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. 15, 12, a scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise These descriptives of the fool, they're identical with those of the scoffer. Mockery is the final refuge for the fool. He can't reasonably argue with the truth. He knows it's true. He can only make weak attempts along with his foolish friends at poking fun at the very truth that could save his life. Ultimately, the fool will reap what he sows. Proverbs 3, 34, 35. Toward the scorners, he, that's the Lord, is scornful. But to the humble, he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. If, if the fool is free to choose his path, he isn't free to choose his destination. Shame and disgrace will come eventually in this life and surely when Jesus comes again to judge. And so here we are. We're going to have communion. We're going to have communion. What, what does Paul mean, 1 Corinthians 1, when, when he says, we preach Christ, and he calls Christ, 1 Corinthians 1, he calls him the wisdom of God. So here we are studying foolishness. Christ is offered as, as the wisdom of God. And, and 
What that means is, even as we partake tonight, um, receiving, like receiving wisdom through the book of Proverbs, receiving Christ, it, it takes humility. It takes someone who won't just babble an argument. It takes someone who is willing to submit and surrender. And then, and then walking with Christ. Most of us are Christians here tonight. Maybe all of us. Walking with Christ day by day. He's the wisdom of God, which means... Which means that, that the life I have from Jesus Christ is more than just forgiveness of my sins. It is that, but it is more than that. It is this ongoing submitting of my foolish pride to his loving, correcting wisdom. Moment by moment, day by day. I've been a, a, a Christian for 53 years. And the need I have to... Humbly abide in Christ as my wisdom is no less today than it was when I was first saved. So that when we receive tonight, just even in your own heart, there's the wisdom of Christ in salvation, there's the wisdom of Christ in redemption, and there's the ongoing refusal to to babble against anything that the Holy Spirit says to my life through the Lordship of Jesus, through Christ's ongoing, Christ's ongoing work to sanitize Don Horbin's heart of foolishness because that's not done yet. I have news for you. It's not done in your heart either. And so as we partake tonight, Lord Jesus, we come and we say... May we receive you as our redemption and may we walk with you as our wisdom. Never arguing. Never looking to the ends of the earth. Always quick to love correction from your word. Always implementing everything we know to be true and right. Never ever coming to the place where the pressure that comes from friends in university or college, the classroom, the workplace... Never ever coming to the place where the pressure that comes from people makes us swayable from the wisdom we have in Christ. Bless your truth to our hearts. In that way I pray in Jesus' name.